All right, so I am here with Glenn from Quake Capital. Glenn, how are you? I'm great, man. How you doing? Doing fantastic. So Quake was one of the uh, one of our early investors and actually the accelerator that we first joined. We spoke about Quake kind of in some of the earlier episodes, and then we brought Glenn over to the studio slash office to kind of talk about his you know experience with an accelerator his background and and uh and kind of give some tips on you know what startups can expect when uh when being a part of accelerator glenn kind of start things off why don't you uh kind of tell us a bit about yourself sure so i've been doing uh startup or early stage venture for about 30 years I got my start really before the internet um, showed up in Silicon Valley and from LA actually um, went up to Silicon Valley in 95, started my first company there, uh, ended up being a very successful company. We, we had built one of the biggest ad servers um, that ever existed, still exists to this day. It was about a four and a half billion dollar IPO and um, went on from there, had uh, about 14 other startups. I exited a total of nine of them. I took three of them public. So that's sort of then, you know, you end up with a little kind of a bag of cash and, and you have to figure out what to do next. So, and you, and, and I always joke with entrepreneurs, most entrepreneurs are a lot better than I am now because one of the things that happens as you get older and as you've done this a lot, you, you kind of know what the realm of possible is or you think you do. So you'll look at a box and you'll go, that's going to be pretty hard. And you may not try, you know, like in, in a lot of early stage founders, you guys don't give a crap. You'll, you'll, you'll go <laughs> run into that wall, you know. And so one of the things that I realized was I needed to transition from being an entrepreneur to being an investor. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of how Quake came into being. And uh, um, I actually launched it. I don't really have any affiliation with Stanford University, but I was at a conference there. And they had uh, five student entrepreneurs that came in and kind of it was a really boring conference. It was a conference around investing. And so they brought in five student entrepreneurs to make it more interesting. Mm-hmm. And that was the only part of the conference I enjoyed. So I kind of did a survey of the table I was sitting at and and said, how would you guys like to invest in a fund to invest in young entrepreneurs? And that's that's how Quake started. So who, when, the, uh, when Quake Capital first kind of got got going who were who was the team like how did you decide that you wanted to work with these people <laughs> so I mean, they're great guys by the way and we worked with them during our first you know the first cohort they were fantastic but yeah how did that come to be well and it's sort of like anything else it's sort of i i think it started like most startups do it was sort of organic and then it's changed as we've gotten better you know we um, we started out um, at that conference. I, I brought in, I, again, I you know what a family office is, but a lot mm-hmm. of entrepreneurs don't. So a lot of the money in the United States in particular was generated by these really big companies, you know, steel manufacturing companies, food production companies. And those families from sometimes 20 years ago, sometimes hundreds of years ago, have these huge buckets of wealth. And, uh, and they run like a venture fund. So that was our early investors. But the cool thing about that is all those people know how to run a business. So that became kind of the foundation for our team. We started with some operators who had all done startups or mm-hmm. had run businesses. Um, but, you know, you kind of start with the people you know. And, and now Quake, we've been around for three years. We're kind of killing it. And so we're starting to attract incredible talent. You know, we just brought in the head of Microsoft Startups, right. for example. So 
it just changes. It's like, it's like you guys, you guys have really hired over time and you've gotten, you know, you were, you were great. I thought you were great when we started with you, but you're, you're great plus 10 now, you know? It's yeah. Like, and well, the thing with like Glenn that I think I spoke about, you know, about you, uh, in some, in one of the early episodes was we were going through the whole kind of gambit of, of speaking with, you know, accelerator going basically the, like when I first came up with, when I first left Unicorn to start Esports One, uh, we came up. You know, I had the idea, and it was it was taking that idea, and now actually being able to articulate it, you know, to other people. And so we built out a, a pitch deck and, and whatnot, and started sending that out to all the different accelerators and going through that whole entire process. And I remember this, and this was you know three years ago, two and a half years ago, that when we spoke to you guys, you were the one that had the highest kind of conviction of any. Anyone that I have I'd met on, you know, about esports, and I, I, and that was something I hadn't, we hadn't ran into uh, up to that point. Was like an investor that even really had, like, some of them knew what esports was, but didn't really have any, like, they're like, oh yeah, that's what my kids play, or like that's what my, you know, my, <laughs> my, yeah, my friend keeps telling me that his daughter is doing or his son is is getting into, and you know, they're all playing Minecraft, but you were actually really insightful and understood it and, and saw the opportunity. And that, that more than anything else is why we were so, you know, why we decided to take the leap and work with you guys. And this was y'all's first cohort. So it was even more exciting. It was like you guys were kind of learning along the way as in, in the same way that we were. Sure. What, what do you think sort of that, you know, how, what are you done differently that you'd say now? Like how has Quake transformed from where it was back then to where it is now? <laughs> so we still, you know, I think we still have an open mind about new technologies and, and new, new verticals. I think that's sort of key in any kind of investing you want to be, you know, really need to be thinking about where the market's going. When we bumped into you, I mean, it's sort of funny. Um, I had actually just gone, you know, I'd moved from Silicon Valley up to Seattle and I had just gone to a couple of tournaments, mm -hmm. esports tournaments. They'd had a couple of big ones. I'd just gone also to Legend, I think it was Legend of the Dorm had just right. recently. Yeah, happened. I remember you I remember and, you talking to me about And that. I was just blown away. You know, it's just if you go to one, like it's gonna change your perspective, right. of course, right? So your all your audience, all your friends, everybody knows this, right? But in venture three years ago, not many of us had gone, right? Mm -hmm. So that that impacted me. But I think that's sort of part of the core to our philosophy now. We we try and make sure that we go to all these if there's a conference, if there's a new tech coming about, if there's you know, people we can talk to that are smart. We try and do that. Now you might've ruined us a little bit too, though, because <laughs> you guys, that? well, you guys are such a, you're, you're, you're really a, a dang good esports team. And, you know, and by team, I mean, in this case, startup, right. And, and we've looked at a bunch since then and we, and, and we set the bar pretty high. I mean, to be, to be brutally honest, it has an impact, you know, and, um, we we're trying to find I don't know if we will but we're trying to find the next esports one so well, I appreciate um, that but that, we do we do love the space yeah uh, esports is exciting and um I'm I'm glad that y'all have that that you know that excitement towards towards the industry and you know I think uh, I think for a startup like us you know the take going the accelerator route was you know just vitally important I mean that's where that's where we. You know, I knew how to put together the kind of the building blocks of a company, like a product, I guess you'd say, or, you know, but building the company part was something that I lacked a lot in. Like I didn't, I went to school for engineering. Like I, I wasn't, 
you know, I didn't have an MBA or anything like that. And so just guiding from like a, a legal perspective, like our first lawyer was Joe from McCarter in English. And, you know, he was amazing. And, um, early on he, we, I think we put his kids through college when we raised our, <laughs> our seed round, but, uh, but he was definitely, God, he, yeah. He, um, and he knows it and, uh, and you know, he still thanks me to this day. He bought me dinner the other night, so he, he made it up to me. Um, <laughs> I, was, been a nice I wasn't going to touch that check either. <laughs> like I wasn't like, I just looked at it and I was like, you no, I'm not touching that check. Um, no, but he, uh, but I think that, that was the, the more than anything for us was just, you know, figuring out like the, the, the things that you don't really think about when starting a company. Is that what you see with a lot of startups that come in? Like how do like where do they lack? Like what what areas do you see are they not as experienced in? Or, you know, like ourselves at that point. You know, and how does how does it quake help them? Yeah, so you know, I think there's really no one size fits all necessarily. You guys came in, you had your special needs, you know, in terms of like structure, like you said. But you know, all the teams that we try and do what I call kind of a bespoke, meaning a custom tailored experience for each team. I think that's a little bit different. I think you kind of need to find an accelerator that kind of fits your vibe and kind of fits your, you know, your needs. You you were talking about that. You know, you kind of you interviewed all these accelerators, and there's a lot of red flags when you talk to mm-hmm. investors. I mean, it's not a one way street. I think sometimes entrepreneurs make that mistake. They're like, you know, oh, I just have to take the money because it's it's tough. But I'm going to tell you, man. Sometimes, you, and you know this, you take the money from the wrong people. It really can cause oh, problems. Absolutely. So it's a relationship you're going to be stuck with. Mm-hmm. So let's let's get it right. But what I would say, a couple things I would say about coming into an accelerator. So most of our teams actually where they struggle, a lot of times it's on structure, messaging, kind of what you're talking about. You guys definitely worked on your messaging. A lot of teams come in and want to tell me all about their product. I mean, that's because it's really, especially in esports, by the way, we've looked at a lot of esports teams, um, startup teams, and they really want to tell us about their technology, their product. And that's cool. I want to hear about it. Don't get me wrong. But that's not your business. Right. That's your product. Your product is designed to solve a problem. But as an investor, I'm really focused on what's the what's the long-term vision of the business. Specifically, like, how are you going to exit this thing at some point? You know? How are you going to make us money? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm an investor. Yeah. I'm And I'm investing other people. You, got, you want to keep this front of mind. Like, some of it's my money, but right. some of it's other people's money, right? So... I have to do right by those people. So part of that is how am I going to get a return? So mm-hmm. I think I think coming into that conversation, whether it's an accelerator or venture, and understanding what's going through their mind, right, is critically important. And a lot of startups don't think about that. Like I don't I know early on when we were like I didn't I didn't even conceptualize uh and I I'll, you always look for the best in people and not you know, and it's not and so when you're talking to, you know, an investor, you, you know, putting yourself in a mindset of, of I need to ensure that they understand that this isn't just like a hobby or a, you know, a social experiment, that it's actually something that I, you know, see us building into a financially viable company exactly, and that they can make money off of it. Like, you know, and it's kind of the, uh, getting that, getting, understanding that. And I think how, how does a, how would a startup, how does a startup approach that in conversation? I think that was an awkward part for us. It's like, how do you how do you bring that up without it sounding like you're trying to you know kind of tune the conversation you know specifically to what they're asking for and like you know but also how how do you bring that up <laughs> yeah I, mean, <laughs> I think I always tell I always tell teams like I mean authenticity transparency honesty generally you know we're all spinning I, you and I 
we're kind of joking around when I got here today, um, just talking about, you know, the conversations that you have with partners, friends, team, etc. We're always spinning all through the day, right? You're spinning, you're, you're marketing, you're selling, you always are. But bear in mind the venture community, we're, you know, Quake looks at a thousand deals a month. Everybody's mm-hmm. spinning us all the time. It's not, it's not an unknown thing to us. I would just come into it, be direct, be honest, be candid. You know, again, that authenticity will come through more often than not. I mean, I think, I believe that maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we get, you mm-hmm. know. How, how can you tell, or how, like, what do you look for to tell if a startup or like a, a founder is bullshitting you basically like, about their numbers? <laughs> well, you get some wrong, but I mean, there, it's not usually that that's the big red flag. It's, it's usually an attitude issue more okay. than anything. So. We want to think about it again. It's a partnership. So we want, you know, it's sort of, and, and most venture guys and, and women have gotten to this point because they've had some level of success, right? So if you got to that point, you know, it's sort of like, I don't want to wear a suit to work every day anymore either. We were joking about that. Well, I don't want to work with a bunch of jerks. So we're looking for partners. So we want, we want founders that are passionate about the business, but also, you know, that's one that you hear people talk about a lot, but also want founders that are like, kind of we can actually you know get along well together mm-hmm. you know and they'll listen to the input i i always tell you know you might remember this from three years ago but I, one of the things i always tell founders is be really careful of experts oh absolutely. Yeah, a, absolutely. you know an expert has you go have lunch with somebody who's going to be potentially advise your company or whatever you've had thousands of hours to think about your business they're going to have 30 40 right. minutes and now they want to provide some value so be careful about that. But the flip side of it is also be open to that input, right? So when we sit down with a founder and we're looking at potentially making an investment, we're like, we're analyzing, like, are they open to our input? We're not trying to drive them or steer them. We just want to see, are they actually analyzing the data? And so I think a big part of it is that, you know, Matt, if you can, if you can get to the point that people actually like listen to you, work with you. You know, I know you have great give, give and take with your investors. So it's Absolutely. like when you need help, you reach out to those investors. You know, you're open to that. So And you guys were great about that too. I remember throughout the process, even, you know, Quake was, as I mentioned, was going through kind of their their growing pains in the same way that we were. <laughs> um, so there were, you know, no they, but also they were, all, you know, very candid about a lot of that. And being a part of that process on both sides of the table was is very endearing and kind of gives you a perspective early on. I think it was the best thing that could have happened for us is that, you know, we got to see a lot of the, the ins and outs of what's involved in the early stages of, of a, you know, a, a VC or an investment, you know, firm and, and, but you guys definitely took the extra step, you know, a lot of the times with us, whether it was intros, whether it was working through our, our pitch and, and before demo day and, and spending, you know, and I think that was the very, the most important thing was having a partner that we could, you know, that would stay late nights with us and, and would, we could reach out to at any point and would get back to us. Um, so I guess kind of the, to, you know, uh, summarize like the, the application, you know, part and like applying, getting into accelerator, I guess kind of two questions here is, is, you know, why, why join accelerator? Like what, what, why should a startup join accelerator? And then just walk us through like what is the typical process, just like kind of high level, you know, process of from start to finish. Sure. So I, you know, I don't know that an accelerator is right for everybody. You know, I think there are some teams where it probably isn't a great fit, but I think one of the things that happens, if you look at most of the teams that come through an accelerator, they're probably going to be able to open a lot of doors a lot faster 
because we just had the relationships, right? So we'll have teams that are trying to get to, you know, in your case, you know, you, you had already great industry relationships, but for us, you know, technical relationships, AMD, Intel, Microsoft, Amazon, these are kinds of our, that's our core group, right? Mm-hmm. So we hang with these people and we can open those doors. So we can get access to engineering. We can get access to capital. So when teams are raising money, you know what a pain in that oh, is. It's like, it's a, and to do that on your own as a as a startup oh, founder is it, opening those doors is really really difficult. I was actually at an event here last night. It kind of frustrated me in um, in uh, Santa Monica, and they were talking about, you know, how do you, there was a bunch of VCs, and they're saying how do you get into these? How do you, how does somebody get into you? And they're like referral. And I'm going, come on, man. Like, if you got to have a referral, that's like a bunch of groupthink. You know, it's just a bunch of friends helping friends. Unfortunately, there's some truth to that, right? So we can help with that. But um, that's how, I mean, that's how we got all of our, we, every intro that we've gotten for our Series A, it's because, I mean, every conversation has come through a referral, you know. It's a shame that that's the reality, but it's, but it is, man. That's just what we all have to go through. So, Hopefully we can break those doors down. But as far as like the process goes, I mean, again, it sort of varies, but we take, and, and every accelerator is different. Our accelerator, I always joke about it being kind of vocational versus theoretical or kind of like mm-hmm. university-based. So we don't do, you'll remember, we don't do like blank, you know, business model canvas or lean startup or any of that theoretical stuff. We're just like, what in, we're going to have you work with you for three months intensely. What in that three months do you need to achieve? Like... You want sales, you want to get to this specific company or this person, you want to raise money, and we'll go do that. Like, we will go chase that down and make it happen. Um, And we'll put a plan together with you to make it happen, but we'll make it happen. So for us, that's kind of what we do. There's a couple days a week that we work hard with the teams, but generally, you'll recall, we try and stay out of your way, let you guys go run, close business, close partnerships, Mm -hmm. et cetera. We just want to make the intros and facilitate all that. But there are other accelerators that maybe, like if you're an earlier company, maybe you need some of that stuff. Right. Maybe you need like, you know, basic business theory and stuff like that. But I think a lot of the teams we work with are a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Um, Do they, when they are, are applying uh, it, for your, your process, you know, is it, there's an application process and yep. then they speak to the partners or speak to you guys. Is that still the process now? So we've got, a, uh, it's evolved a little bit since you even went through, but we've got, yeah, there's an application. So we're, we're basically looking at, um, we've got our own, you can go to our website and apply. We look at Gust and F6S, mm-hmm. which I think you guys were Yeah, we did one of, through one of those. Um, we look at AngelList, of course. So we're scouring, we go to all the competitions, any startup competitions. That's why I was at that event last night. So there's, and we look at about a thousand deals a month, man. So it's not, it's not trivial. We're, we're, we're bringing a lot of inbound. Then several things happen. We use artificial intelligence now, which is new. We, we, we actually um, filter the deals um, to try and figure out who's, you know, are there any obvious challenges? Is it something we just don't want to, like, we don't do FDA, right? right. So like, if it's going to be, you know, somebody's trying to get a drug approved, forget it, you know, so screen that and then there's three rounds of interviews so it's no joke i mean this Who do stuff, they speak with or like what's the the typical process you know basically the managing partners so we've got 17 people on our team now that do the Goodness. do the, yeah it's changed a lot man it's so crazy. 
do the vetting, um, and they'll be at any any one of those interviews. There's going to be three to five people, senior partner on the call, plus um, you know possibly other partners. And in, in how long do those calls usually last? About forty five minutes to an hour, um, and then the final interview is usually an, a solid hour and change. Sort of like what you were talking about. You go in and. We plan on maybe 45 minutes, but usually they'll take a little bit longer, an hour, hour. Is it video? Do y'all do that over phone call? Like video, the first couple are, the first one is, is a phone screen. The second one's a video and the third one's video or in person, depending on where they're located. Okay. And we've got, you know, when you started, we were just in New York and now we're in New York, Austin, obviously Los Angeles now. And um, in the spring, we're going to open in Seattle. And then later this year, we just made a partnership in Germany and, and Shenzhen, China. So we're going to be open. That's amazing. Yeah, to see how far things have come. I mean, it's amazing how how fast and just how, uh, yeah, you, you guys are definitely doing something right. And, uh, and, you know, there's very few accelerators. You know, Y Combinator just finished up their their uh you know their demo days and they have two stages of close to you know 200 startups and that's crazy how many people are how many startups are typically in y'all's uh in y'all's cohorts we'll never do more we've done we actually have done 16 but the goal is to never do more than 15 in a class i really want to be hands-on i don't ever want to be um personally removed from or at least the founding partners i want them all to be engaged and working with the the teams directly yeah. um I think that's vitally important. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, I just think it's a different, you know, we can guarantee that every team in that 15 gets roughly the same level of of, uh, of input and help. And mm-hmm. I think that's critical. Absolutely. Um, I don't fault them for their model. It's just a very different model. Oh, and the, I mean, they have, I mean, obviously for all all the all of those teams, they have their own individual groups that are assigned sure. to those teams yeah, and, you know, experts and it. And they've grown to the stage that they have, but uh, but there's are there's very there's very few accelerators in my opinion that are worth you know worth the you know the time and, and that you know you can come away in three months of kind of saying all right this is you're still building your company but during those three months you have to be fully like hands on yeah like it's not it's a you know you expect people to to move to the location to you know for the accelerator and. And, you know, we moved to New York and you expect to be there every day and, and be a part of it and be active. And so I think that's, re- that's really important. What, so once the accelerator, say, you know, you get into a, a to Quake Capital, to the accelerator, pro, you know, and start, uh, you know, uh, you start off the, what, what's the first week look like for, to, for nowadays? <laughs> the first week is usually sort of just a acclimation. You're basically getting to meet all these other teams. I always joke that, you know, I think actually one of the greatest things that comes out of an accelerator and there are some good reasons to be in a in a specialized accelerator too. For this reason, you're going to build those relationships forever. So mm-hmm. it's it's not just with us; it's really with the other teams. Like, so I know you've got a relationship with several. Yeah, teams. we work. With, we we speak to them a lot, keep up with them, and that those were some of the most beneficial meetings. Was when it was just us and all the other founders, kind of just talking about exactly. the issues that you're going through. Well, you're going through the same stuff. Absolutely, right? and so. they'll they'll call out things that we weren't aware about, or like, hey, you should stay away from this you know, accountant or, you know, we just had this problem with filing for our, you know, our C Corp, you know, and just letting you know things that you just, you never think about. And I think that's, that's super, uh, that was the, one of the most, yeah, one of the very, uh, one of the things that really helped us early on was working with all these other founders and same thing when we, cause we went to MIT after that. That's right. And, uh, and being, being, working with, because all the the teams that were at MIT were very engineering focused, and so there are they they were 
you know, had the engineering and the development chops that, you know, a lot of them kind of would help us on some of the problems that we we're having coding. And like, that was great. Fant and like helped a ton. So now that you're going through the accelerator though, you know, what, what, how do you qualify someone as, because obviously you'll, startups will start to stand out and you'll see the ones that are putting in the time and the effort and the ones that you, you know, have had the chance to be worth the investment. And then you start seeing kind of how, uh, you know, other ones are starting to kind of, you know, fall in place. What do you look for in a startup during that process for ones that you think has the better opportunity, basically the ones to spend the most time with? Like which ones are most important for you there? And what do you look for? Yeah. So it's sort of funny. We first thing I'd say, cause it sort of sets the ground, the, the, the baseline here is that, you know, in three years we haven't lost any. So mm-hmm. for us, we've been really quite fortunate in that regard. We have, we have no failed companies yet, but you do see standouts for sure. You know, and what you see, it starts off real simple. You just start to see those teams that are putting in the time, that are really, they set really good milestones and objectives. I mean, that's one of the things you guys were always good at. It's like, I want to get this partnership, right? And these are the things I think I need to do to get that partnership in place. And then we would go and try and help you either, whether it was a strategy or an introduction, that's kind of where we see our role coming in. And then those teams that start to, you know, really focus like i said they have these objectives they focus on them and start executing on them it becomes pretty obvious that they're the ones who are actually you know again implementing executing and they're putting in the time but most of our teams put in the time it's not really generally a problem it's just sort of what i kind of tell a lot of i just we have a cohort here in in santa monica right now and i was talking to them yesterday about this we're human, right? Mm-hmm. So if you guys are winning, you know, if there's a little, little, little bitty victories that are happening along the way and we hear about them, you know, you think about us, we're out in the market talking to venture funds. We're out in the market talking to Amazon, Microsoft, other people. You can't mention or, all 16 No, companies. you're going to think about the ones who are like squeaky wheel, right? Mm-hmm. The one you just heard about winning and, you know, chirping in your ear. And I called on that actually, uh, I called on that kind of early because I would yeah, start sending you, you guys, uh, I would send emails very, I, I would almost be a bit of a nuisance, but every time I would talk to either an investor or we would have some progress with a firm or a partner, whatever it might be, because we weren't revenue focused. So we couldn't really, at that point, we weren't bringing in revenue. And so we weren't trying, you know, we couldn't highlight milestones surrounding how much money we were sure, making, sure. but we could highlight, you know, partnerships uh, and, you know, and, you know, what, how we're doing from a funding perspective and just things like that. And I remember I remember that that held a lot, you know, it was uh, it was important from y'all's perspective, because then shortly thereafter, after you guys would meet with, you know, another a part or, you know, a company outside of the cohort, you some, you know, typically if it was gaming related, it would lead back to us. Absolutely. And it was always, always a, a yeah, it was always a very helpful. Um, so as you're, you know. As these companies are starting to stand out, now we're starting to head into, you know, you're starting to get work with, with various kind of startups. You know, you were mentioning earlier, you have, you know, some startups that are, that are, you know, doing very well, you know, even financially, some of them are, are much earlier, you know, in the, the process. And, but now they're all heading into, to a, a demo day, kind of a, you know, is demo day still sort of the same format as it is, was back when we were part yeah, of it? Yeah, it's, it's still a big theatrical production. You know, you're talking about YCs is, you know, they're still, we're all still having them. They're not quite the same as they used to be in terms of, you know, you used to think you're going to go there and raise money. We want our teams to have raised money before demo day. That's our okay. goal now. So that's a slight shift, right? Very much, you know? yeah. 
Um, most of our teams, probably 80% of our teams will raise money or most of their money by demo day. How much money would you say is sort of typical like the, that these startups are raising? Are they raising like in the millions or? Usually it's between half a million and a million okay. is the normal target. Most of them are coming into, um, you know, coming out of Accelerator. They're usually raising somewhere between. So most of these teams that are coming in the Accelerator have valuations that are sub 5 million. You know, most of them do. And most of them are coming out and raising sub 10 million valuations, mm -hmm. you know, when they come out. But they're substantially increased over when they came in. They're usually raising half a million to a million bucks between, you know, seven and 10 million bucks is usually a pretty, pretty. That's, that's great. Uh, so what and how are the pitches still the same length or because or, I remember yeah. ours went kind of. I do remember ours. Uh, you went over a little bit. Uh, we, I know we went, we went way <laughs> over. I think we. I think what was the limit back then? I think it was like y'all wanted like eight minutes or five yeah, minutes. Yeah, seven or, or eight minutes. I yeah, think. and I think our, we went. I think I hit like fourteen or something. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no one yeah. pulled me down, so no, I just kept going. No, it went yeah. well. It went well, yeah. but boy, I remember. Th I, I didn't realize. That. That kind of tells you how well it went. I didn't realize how long it was I did, until I, after. Yeah. I had no, and that's an, that's the thing. It's like, I remember it with MIT during demo day. Like they have a very, I mean, it, it's five minutes. And as soon as you start reaching that five minutes, like they'll pull you off stage. And so you have to hit. <laughs> and I mean, I, I get, I once I start talking, yeah, once I start talking to the, about my company, like you just want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do that to you. I you're, appreciate you're that. You're from Alabama. I there can't you go. pull you off. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was, yeah. And I'm, I think that was, uh, cause going into demo day, I remember I was, that was kind of my first one. I don't get really, I don't get stage fried. I don't usually get nervous talking in front of people. Um, but I remember that was one where, yeah, I had, I think y'all had, uh, y'all had wine and beer or something kind of, uh, to, for like the partners and VCs. And I remember I kind of went over like the LPs that were there, whoever was there, he had like a little bar set up and I remember going there and I definitely had a couple of glasses of wine to kind of settle the nerves before I went on stage. Uh, we had a good crowd. It was, you know, it's like I yeah. said, it's a theatrical thing, you know, it's held in a theater. It's dark room with lights coming up. I mean, it's dark. That's shining right on you and you have this big yeah. spotlight looking right at you yeah. and you have all these little, these faces that you're, yeah, that you're pitching to. I mean, it's, it's a daunting experience, but I think the big thing was just being prepared, you know, having the right preparation for it and kind of knowing what to, what to expect to an extent. It's hard to practice that sort of environment, but, but you can practice, you know, your pitch and being prepared to kind of run through it. So you're saying that companies usually raise before the demo days. So uh, why that changed basically? Well, I just think it, for one thing, I think the teams need the capital, right? right? So I think big part of it is let's get the capital in as fast as we can. I mean, that's a big piece of it. Um, another part is demo days have kind of shifted. I mean, investors have kind of, I wouldn't say they've soured on them, but they don't cut checks at demo days very often. So even after you do the demo day, you've got weeks of follow-up. So I just don't really want that delay. Now, I, st I don't want to be clear here, though. I still think demo day has a really valid um, purpose. I right. think it's... I think it's really, really important. You touched on something. I think it's really important for founders to pitch as often as they can, get as uncomfortable as often as they can, because what's happening is you're actually refining your message. You know, you your your message changed a ton. Absolutely. You know, and if you couldn't tell your message, you wouldn't be here now raising an A. So I mean, the, the being able to convey the building the business. I'm not saying it's easy, but that that's a part you understand very well. Like you kind of know what needs to happen from, mm -hmm. a, you know, A to Z. 
being able to convey that in 5, 10, 15 minutes in a way that somebody with capital can understand, that's freaking hard. And not even for investors, but for your own employees, yeah. too. Yeah, mean, exactly. Like, as you bring people partners. in. And, uh, yeah, and that helped. That helped. Our, our message definitely has changed. Like, now we're, you know, our, our mission statement is to power every second of esports gameplay, and it was... You know, we started off, uh, we still used the yellow first down line comparison. I think that was, you know, our our first kind of, uh, you know, comparison comparison of what what we were trying to build for esports. But over, you know, throughout, you know, uh, the time since starting esports one, yeah, we've, we've, you kind of get feedback from people you're pitching and just like, as you start ta- saying it more and more, it kind of adjusts sort of what's working, what isn't. And, and, uh, and yeah, and the messaging is the most, one of the most vital parts of uh, just talking about your company. Cause like anyone can, yeah, building a product is, is one thing, but actually getting other people to build that product with you as well as invest in you building that product is, is a whole nother thing. And so, so once um, after demo day, how, you know, how often do you guys check in with the companies and what kind of happens after demo day? So they do demo day and, and now what? Like what's happening? Yeah, so two things. One, I want to take a step back. You said something sort of interesting right there. So I think um, I think one of the things that you were asking a lot earlier, like what do we look for in a founder? And you just touched on something really important. Being able to communicate, you know, one of the reasons why when you see a single founder, you get a little worried. Mm-hmm. It's like, can they actually convince somebody else to join them in this journey, right? So being able to convey to, and bring in a powerful team is actually a big part of that. So I think that's sort of an interesting thing you just touched on. But as far as what happens, you know, after after demo day, this is forever. I always joke with our teams, or at least until... Until the investment's over, until you exit, and then I figure the next time you have a startup, yeah, you'll come. You'll to be us the first again, one, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, I talk to our at least five of our alumni teams a day. Oh wow! Um, and I think most of our partners do as well. So um, I don't end up talking to you that much. You kind of not, and I don't mean that as a negative. You guys are just kind of you've got you know pretty nice momentum. You've got really good partners that you brought in after us as well. You've outgrown our check size. I can't keep up with your raises. You <laughs> actually, you, you get bigger checks than we can cut. So, I mean, I think um, for us, we try and focus on those teams that probably need our help more. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. But, um, but you know, the door's open, of course. Oh, absolutely. So. And we still, I mean, I, I definitely, because uh, we do investor updates and try to at least very regularly, you know, send out updates on how things are going and, and just to our investors as best we can. And, and yes, we all like, that's one thing I do, I know very well with you guys is, is especially with you, because I was looking, I was going through all of our, before you came in, I was going through all your, the emails that you would send. I don't know if you still do this, but you, you got, you started doing these tips of the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and those things, you know, and I was, and I, I think I collected or I copied together like 10 or 11, like tips of the day. And I was reading through them and was just thinking, you know, that how beneficial this information was early on and that. You know, it kind of just sparked this little, you know, kind of perspective of, you know, that's how, you know, as we grow as a company, that information will always be valuable. And so working, you know, even if I, if I have a question, you know, on, on anything from just, Hey, I'm about to pitch a, a big investor. It might not always be, I need an intro to someone, but it, it definitely could be, you know, related to actually running, you know, running the company, like. That's that's the big thing from my end that you know Vic and I do very well with is, and that you and I do very well with is both of you guys were 
built your own companies, y'all sold your own companies. And so you, you know, you have been on that side of, of the table and, and being, you know, a solo founder at this point, uh, it's, you know, it's helpful having that sort of relationship with your investors that you can say, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this or I'm running into this problem or like, you know, how did you typically handle it? And that those tips of the day just kind of reminded me of, of that with, with yourself was like, all these tips are related to your experiences, you know, running sure. a company. Sure. And I think that's, you know, that's extremely valuable. Just working with yourself is, is that feedback. And, uh, and so what, I mean, what, what would you say is sort of the biggest feedback, you know, someone you could tell like a startup, like, what do you, you know, for like, if, if someone's starting an esports company or starting esports, just building a product in esports. And we get this question a lot. There's a lot of, a lot of people are, are, they want to build something in esports, but, and they start listening to this podcast because they, they want to know kind of what we went through early on. And that's why we started the podcast. We wanted to tell people, you know, this is what we went through. This is how we're raising our Series A as best we can. And here's what to expect. Every, you know, every situation is different. Um, but, you know, what, what at just high level, like for starting a company, like what, what is your advice there? Sure. So that that's a big question, right? Absolutely, gonna, absolutely. Yeah. And there's no right, and there's no right the answer. Next, okay, but you're so. the one that I would ask of anyone. I would ask that to you is because I think you're you've given those tips a day highlight just how well you are at like just talking about that sort of stuff. Sure. I mean, I think there's a couple things I I mentioned earlier. I think when you go out and talk about it, be you know be careful not to talk about your product. Talk about your business. But what does that mean? Let's talk a little bit for a second about product too, because I think people make mistakes there. I was just telling our teams here yesterday, like there's an old adage in sales, like customers aren't really interested in a drill or a drill bit. They just want that hole, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of teams forget about the hole, the problem, right? Why did you start this business? What, what was the problem you were trying to solve? Why did you do that, right? If you start to get caught up in what you created, like the actual product that you created, and you forget about the reason you created it, you're screwed like that. Your business will fall apart. Somebody else is going to overtake you. So at all times, remind yourself over and over and over again why you're building the product you're building. Not don't. There's a like I said, a natural tendency to just shift that focus to the product you're building. Don't do that. You'll become a taxi cab and an Uber will kick your butt. That's what's going to happen, right? So then the other thing I would say too is, I mean, as you're as you're kind of going along, say no a lot. Okay, you've been really good at that, man. You've been like from the beginning, you can tell your team no at the drop of a dime. And yeah, it, sometimes to my detriment. Yeah, yeah, but it sounds negative, right? I think a lot of people are like, um, you know, you really want to be an optimistic founder. You you know, that's part of it. You're you're a creator. That's why you're an entrepreneur. But you need to focus in the beginning. You don't have much money. You don't have much resource. So you really have to get your act together and do it right really well at the beginning. And what I always tell teams is like, limit the number of features you have. Limit the, do one thing incredibly well, right? If you've got a bunch of stuff going on, how the heck do you know what your customer likes or doesn't like about that? How do you test that? How do you compare? So start out really small. Be very um, judicious and careful about what you add to your product these are some of the things that i see founders routinely make a mistake about so right. uh, those are the, you know there's hundreds of these types of yeah. things right but those are areas where i would and you have to and that goes to one thing I, i've uh i've mentioned to the team here is like 
you know, Google started as a, you know, a, <laughs> exactly. A, 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 they started as like just a, a specific kind of search engine and Yahoo was like, a, a, I have this list, but it was like, I was going through like the list of how companies that are now, you know, massive corporations, when they started out, they, you know, Harvard was, or uh, Facebook was focused on just, you know, on one or two colleges and, and when they started off, they focused on doing one thing really well. Exactly. And doing that really well is like what I, I try to, uh, you know, that I've also uh, working at different, the companies before eSports one, I came in and tried to, that one of the main things I would always have to focus on is trying to figure out how to pull all these different objectives that they were, you know, features and things that they are building and try to center that. And like with eSports one, it's the same thing as I, I, I keep telling the, you know, I tell the guys on all the products that we're doing. It's like, you know, we don't have to support every game. We don't have to support every type of user. Like let's focus on this type of broadcaster and this type of viewer and this type of experience and do it really well. And then iterate from that and take that feedback from the users. And that should drive the decisions that we're building the products around. And that took me a while to take that sort of get that mindset from how I would working at other companies and bring that into a, a startup environment. And, uh, and I think the, you know, the accelerate, cause the big thing you hit on there was, you know, we're, you don't have a lot of money and you don't have a lot of time to, you know, try a hundred different things and just see what sticks. Uh, you have to do, you know, you have to have very a strong conviction in what you're building, focus on the most important part, do it really well, and then, you know, expand from there. And that's something that I think we, uh, we've gotten better and better at. So yeah, it's kind of, let's wrap things up here. So, um, you know, since, like I mentioned, the, the goal of, of this was really kind of to, to get your input and feedback on, on demo day and accelerators and, and kind of the whole startup process. Um, but I think kind of most importantly, it's, it's just to hear from you, Glenn. I appreciate you. Obviously, I appreciate you coming in and kind of chatting with us. It's always good catching up. I, I always tell people, you know, that you were, were one of our one of our big advocates, you know, biggest advocates early on. And that was that's always held like just so much. That was very important for us. And it and, and means a lot to to us as a company. So I, I definitely appreciate, you know, all the good things that you said about us, even though you might kind of fit <laughs> things from there to here to there, you know, and cause it might, I probably wasn't the easiest founder to work with at times, but, uh, but I remember that vice of just sitting down with you, like, you know, when you would, uh, you'd come in, you'd make the trip from Seattle and you'd be there for the week. And I always remember I would come in early to the office and you would always be there before me. <laughs> and like, no one gets to the office here before me, but I always remember you were always there before me when you were, when you were in the office. And I was usually the first kind of company that would get in. Um, but you would always beat me there. And that, but that was also the best time for me to get in and like, you know, kind of if, and pick your brain and kind of just get, you know, sit down with you and, and, uh, get in front of you. And, but I guess kind of the close things out, is there any, you know, you know, any, anything you want to kind of, uh, uh kind of close out, talk about Quake, you know, floor is open for you. Sure. Well, first of all, you took a risk on us too, yeah. right? Remember you were our first cohort. So that was it. a big deal. Um, I think you actually touched on something interesting there too. Like if you have a chance, you know, I, again, be careful with experts, but if you have the chance to be around somebody who's been there before done that, I think, you know, taking those advantages where you can, like you said, coming in early. And we did have a lot of interesting, quiet time. Nobody else in the office would get these moments. I think 
whenever you've got, if you're in an accelerator or any other program or anything where you can get access to people who've been there, done that, um, you know, be the squeaky wheel, get in front of them. I mean, why else would you do it? I mean, they're, you're, you're giving up time. You're probably giving up some equity, you know, take advantage of that. So I think that's huge. Um, you know, beyond that, I, we talked about something. I would share one other quick comment, which is we talked about just kind of before we got started on this podcast, you know, you and I just walking around. So much of a startup is just getting from one capital raise to the next capital raise, just making sure you have the money to survive. And we were talking earlier about keeping everything tight and focused and, you know, limiting your, your resources. I think a big part of that is set out some goals at the beginning that will allow you to get your next bit of capital, you know, figure out how, what is it going to take? And if you have to talk to other people to get some advice on that, but find out what it's going to take to raise that next bit of money and then set your goals accordingly and, and chase, go from, move from one capital raise to the next. Now, I don't want you, you're not in the business of raising money. I want to be real careful there. You know, we've all known founders, you know, some of that, that get really excited about raising money and that's not your job, but, but you need the money, right? So you definitely want to try and do that in the early stages. And eventually your business will get to the point that you have enough features, enough functionality, you'll have enough capital, enough revenue, and it starts to take care of itself. But in the early stages, you've got to survive. You've got to make it from one milestone to the next. So that would be where I'd probably leave people with. And then Absolutely. as far as as far as Quake goes, we're killing it. We're yeah, I mean, y'all, we're, y'all really we're, are. we're growing really fast. We're a startup like you, it. but we're definitely a, a unicorn type startup in our space. And and so, you know, we're, as you mentioned, our name is getting out there. Big funds are beginning to know who we are. They know the caliber because guys like you, they know the caliber of our teams. You know, our early teams are driving, you know, you guys kind of went across country, across the Rockies. And, Absolutely. None of no, we didn't have a Donner party. Nobody died in the past so far. So you know we're 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 golden. So I love keep it. it up, man. Keep it well, up. I love it, Glenn. I appreciate it again. And uh, until the next time, I'll, uh, I'll 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 see you in New York soon. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, right, buddy. Hey, come up and see us in our new office in Seattle. We got to get. I'll you be there. there. I'll right, I'll, I'll be there soon. All right, Glenn. Appreciate it. Care.